Welcome to the Carter Report and thanks for joining us. This is the final segment on human sexuality. Today we're going to talk about homosexuality. We're going to talk about divorce and adultery. And most importantly, we are going to show you from God's Word how you can have a fabulously successful home. The Carter Report investigates the mysteries of the past as it seeks to interpret amazing predictions concerning our future. John Carter, scholar, writer, and traveler, invites you to join him as he unlocks mankind's most valuable treasure. The Book of Romans Romans 1 verse 24 and onwards, 1098. Everybody here tonight in this great audience, please turn up the text. 1098. Book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 24. Romans 1, 24. And Paul says, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Verse 26 says, now listen to it. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even the women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves a penalty of their error, which was due. Oh, my friend, how can you explain that away? How can you get away from that? I can't explain that away, my friend. God says, don't do that. God says, I love you too much. I love you too much. Listen, because there are going to be many, many people seeing this going on video. Listen, if you're a homosexual, I want to say to you right now, God loves you. Jesus died for you. And the Bible tells me that God can change your sexuality, your preferences. God can step down into your life and God can make a radical change for you. Did you know that? God can change the lesbian. God can change the adulterer. God can change that promiscuous young woman. God can change the homosexual. It's true. And I'm going to show you a text that says it. Come over here to 1116 where God says that many of the people in the early church were homosexuals, but they were changed. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 to 11. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 9 down to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 down to 11. The Bible says, God says, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. 
neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. I say, thank God. Such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. My friend, there were people back there in that church and they were homosexuals. They were drunkards, they were lesbians, they were adulterers. And when they turned to Jesus Christ, the grace of God got inside them. And they were absolutely, completely, wonderfully transformed by the grace of God. My friend, there is hope for every person. Hope, hope for every person. Hope for every person in the world by the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. Don't give up. If you've got a homosexual friend, don't give up on him. Love him. Because Jesus died for him and Jesus loves him and wants to save him. You see? Now, I'm going to talk on a very delicate subject. These subjects so far weren't delicate. I'm going to talk on divorce. Then we're going to wrap it up. My wife said, what are you going to say? I said, I'm going to say what the Bible says. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to show you what the Bible teaches on divorce. Okay? Do you want to see it? Would you like to see it? I want you to come now to the words of Jesus Christ. I want you to come to Matthew 19, page 952. 952, where Jesus talks in Matthew 19, verses 3 to 9. Matthew, the 19th chapter, and verses 3 down to 9. Matthew 19, and we'll start at verse 3, where Jesus takes up the delicate subject of divorce. Don't get mad with me about this. I'm going to read it to you out of the Bible, right from the Scriptures, Matthew 19. The Pharisees also came to him, testing him, and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? You know, if she burns the toast. <laughs> well, that's what some people almost do today. You know, four times around the tent as the Arabs go. And he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? And he said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. There it is again. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Man, that's what Jesus said. They said to him, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? Because Moses, my friend, said, All right, you can have divorce. Now Jesus is talking about this. Verse 8 he says, He said to them, Moses 
because of the hardness of your hearts permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. And I say to you, this is Jesus, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery and whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery Jesus Christ said that marriage was made to last and Jesus said there is only one legitimate reason for divorce and that is sexual immorality listen you say to me John Carter, listen. What is the solution to a marriage which has gone sour? Maybe if I get another partner. I want to tell you tonight, my friend, there is a solution to marriages that are going sour. And I know what it is. I've seen it work. I've seen it work a hundred times. I've seen it work a thousand times. The, the solution, friend, is God's solution. You know what it is? You listen to me. It is not saying, I'm tired of my partner. I'm going to get another wife. I'm going to trade her in on a new model. It's not saying, as some men say, you know, she's getting old. I want someone who's younger. That's the middle age crisis. That's because they're getting flabby around the middle. It is not for a woman to say, I am sick of being tied down to the drudgery. I want to get out and be fulfilled. Oh, I know that's pretty unpopular. I believe that men and women are equal, but I believe that they are different. Did you hear that? I believe that God has given to men certain roles, and the Bible says that God has given to women certain roles. And I don't believe that men ought to try what women ought to do, and vice versa. Hear that? And the applause almost wipes me off here. It's overwhelming. I'm, I, I know, that's controversial. Listen, listen, women, listen to me. The Bible teaches equality, of course. And men have kept women down. There's no doubt about that. They have. But why try to do a job that a man, that, that he... Who wants to do some jobs that men do anyhow? I've gone to Russia where women, my friend, are out on the streets putting out the blacktop. Who wants that? Who needs that? And some women, I was reading in a, in a magazine that my daughter brought home where some women are saying that bearing children is demeaning. Having children is, is rather low. They ought to... You know, get that over with as quick as they can. Get the kids off their hands and get out and have a career. I want to tell you folks something. The greatest career is bringing a little baby into the world and bringing that little baby up to love Jesus Christ and to be a good American citizen. That's the greatest career. It is. 
It's the greatest. And you women don't need to be frustrated and pulling out your hair because you think you're not going to be an astronaut. I want to tell you something. The person who has the highest privilege, the person who has the greatest influence is the mother in the home. God bless our mothers. God bless our mothers. Listen, what is the solution to our broken homes? America has more divorces than any other nation in the world. Australia has a tremendous number. America is on the top. The greatest Christian nation, my friend, with the highest divorce rates. What's wrong? Can I tell you what's wrong? We say, we profess, we say, and I'm putting myself with you, we say we believe it, but we only pay it lip service. We ought to believe it and we ought to follow it, every bit of it. And when America does that, she will be a light to the world. You see, listen to me. I want to tell you something else. If you've got a marriage which is going sour, I want to tell you there's a solution. You listen to me. You young people too. When a person gets to know Jesus Christ and the love of God comes into his heart, he becomes a warm, sensitive, caring person. If you want warmth in your marriage, then be a truly born-again Christian. Because when you are a truly born-again Christian, you will be a better father, a better husband, a better wife, a better mother, a better lover, a better person. That's the solution. You see. Now listen, and this, this is the high point. This is the high point. This is going to wrap it up. I want you to read with me tonight the greatest text that was ever written. You know what it is? It's John 3.16. And then I'm going to tell you a story. I want you to come to the greatest text about the greatest gift, the greatest giver, the greatest number of recipients, the greatest grace, the greatest text, John Chapter 3. Oh, please turn to it, friend. Let these words sink right down into your heart tonight, and may you have a meaningful relationship with the God who inspired this text. John 3.16, the Bible said, listen, say it with me, would you, out loud. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. My friend, do you, do you know what we need in America? Do you know what we need in your home and my home? We need a little more of the gospel of John 3.16. That's what we need.
And if you're thinking of breaking up your home, I want to say to you, what you need is John 3.16. And if you're cold to your partner, and if you're a frigid person, and if you can't relate, then my friend, get to know the God of John 3.16 because He is the greatest lover. He is. Back in London, 100 years ago, on a cold Saturday night when there was snow in the air, there was a Bobby walking his beat. You know the British policeman? Wonderful policeman. And as he was walking his beat down the streets of old London town, he came upon a little boy. And this little boy was standing up against a building and he was shabbily dressed and he was shivering in the cold. And the policeman said to him, Sonny, go home. Go home. He said, Sir, I've got no home to go to. He said, Boy, you must have somewhere. Go, go to your mother. He said, I've got no mother, sir. He said, Then go to your father. He said, Sir, I ain't got no father. He said, Well, what about your grandmother? He said, Sir, I ain't got no one. Now that policeman was a Christian and he knew another Christian man who would take in little boys like this poor little boy who had nowhere to go. And so he said, you go to such and such a street. He gave him the directions. He said, you go to such and such a street. And when you get to the door, knock on the door. And when the man or the lady comes to the door, you say, Please, sir, John 3.16 told me to come. John 3.16 told me to come. So the little boy went down the street. He came to this big prestigious home. And he went up to the door and he knocked on the door and there was sleet in the air. He was cold and he was hungry, hadn't eaten for a day or two. And a big man came to the door and he said, Yes, my boy, what can I do for you? And he looked up and he said, Please, sir, John 3.16 told me to come to your house. Oh, said the man. I know him well. John 3.16 is an old friend. He said, come in, my boy. Come in and warm yourself by the fire. And so the little boy came in and he stood by the fire. The man said, we're going to go out in the kitchen and get you some food. We'll fix you some food. He said, stand by the fire. And the little boy stood by the fire. He was so, so warm. He'd never been so warm. And as he stood by the fire, and as the warmth soaked into his clothes, the little fellow said, I don't know who John 3.16 is, but he sure can make a cold boy warm. Then, then he went out 
Then there came a, a big lady, a large, commodious, accommodating, soft lady that could enfold little boys. She came out and she said, well, are you warmer now? He said, yes, ma'am. And she gave him a hug. He'd never had a hug like that. He was almost swallowed up. But she, she put her arms around him and she hugged him and she said, Now, boy, we're going to have something to eat. And she took him out in the kitchen and the kitchen was bright and cheery and there was another fire. And best of all, there was a great big pot of stew bubbling on the stove. And she went over and she got a, a great big English dish. And they know how to make stew. And she got this big English dish and she'd ladle out a great big helping of stew. He'd never seen so much food. He said, ma'am, is this for me? Is this for me? She said, boy, eat it all. And she said, we're going to go and run you a bath. And so he sat down, he ate the food. He was warm. He'd never had such a meal. He wolfed it down. When he got through that food, he sat there and he said to himself, I still don't know who John 3.16 is, but he sure, he sure can make a hungry boy full. Then the lady came in and she said, have you had enough, boy? He said, yes, ma'am. Well, she said, come in, have a bath. Have a bath? That was something he'd never had in his life. What was that? And so they went into this great big bathroom, like a Texas bathroom. You know, big bathroom like another house added on, went into this big bathroom and there was a big bathtub full of hot soapy water and the man came in and said, now boy, you strip off, hop in. So he got in, he didn't know what to do. It's a new experience. Got in and sat there. And then the man got a big brush and a big cake of soap and scrubbed him all over until almost all of the skin came off. Almost, because he was covered in filth, the filth of the streets of London. As he got out of the bath, the man said, there's a towel, dry yourself. He said, I still don't know who John 3.16 is, but he sure can make a dirty boy clean. Then the man came in and said, here are some pajamas, put them on. He said, come into this room, this is your bedroom, where you're going to stay while you live with us, and you are going to be our guest. And then he folded down the bed clothes, and there were sheets, white, crisp, clean sheets. He'd never seen sheets in his life before. And when he got into bed, as the man helped him into bed, they didn't have electric blankets in those days. They had the next best thing. Do you know what it was? A hot water bottle. 
and he got his feet on this hot water bottle and he pulled the blankets up to his nose and he snuggled down and he said, I still don't know as he was going off to sleep. I still don't know, he said. I still don't know who this John 3.16 is, but he sure can give a tired boy rest. Listen to me. He can make cold people warm. He can make dirty people clean. He can make hungry people full. And he can give tied people with tied marriages rest. I say to you tonight, friend, I say to you tonight, please accept John 3.16. What do you say tonight? Oh, my friend. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God tonight for John 3.16.